Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. What's up, guys? I am excited to bring you a new podcast on this Monday morning. I hope wherever you're at in uh, whatever journey you're on that you are finding inspiration in what we're doing here at Show Your Scars, that our scars are just a visual of all the healing that we've done both mentally and physically. So I hope you guys tap into that, tap into that strength that you've had. I am starting something new where we read a podcast review during every podcast because your reviews help us, you guys. You guys are so much a part of this and everyone that listens, you are helping me figure out who is next, who we should interview, what you like, what you don't like about the podcast because I'm here to serve you, not to push my own agenda, right? I I want to help you guys get through this injury recovery in the best way that I can. So this is from Saw037, and it says, Great podcast, full of insight, really captures the thoughts and challenges I've had during my ACL recovery. Comparing myself to where I was a day, week, or month ago, instead of where I was before the injury and where I hope to get back to, has been a key mental shift and has helped me celebrate the progress I've made so far and really good feeling about that. Knowing how and when to say say I'm frustrated, I'm scared, and or I'm hurting is also crucial to a successful relationship with doctors and physical therapists. Really relating it back to ACL recovery, but the mental side and how communication is key, right? That's all communication. That's how you're communicating to yourself on a day-to-day basis and what you're comparing yourself with and how you're communicating with others. So thank you so much, SAW037. We appreciate that. And today's podcast is going to be a fun one because I get to talk to my longtime friend, Brittany Bach. And if you guys know anything about women's soccer, you know about Brittany Bach. She played for a long time in both WPS and NWSL as she was a stalwart and a defender, midfielder, forward. The girl played all over the field because her tenacity and her passion to play continued to allow her to just adapt to the game. Britt talks to me about her life growing up and how competitiveness just ran through her veins. We go into her career at Notre Dame and then beyond that during that where we met is with the U20 national team. We talk about experiences with that and how we got over heartache with that U20 women's national team at the 2006 World Cup. We then discuss her journey into professional soccer, living out her dreams, and her succession of injuries, how she dealt with those, and when she was out of the game, what she did to get back. And really, Britt brings it all together and talks about her the hardest injury she went through was her ACL injury and it was something she could never fully get back from because it was just so challenging in a lot of different ways that she never knew before this is a champion this is a inspirational person and you'll hear that in her voice she definitely feels the emotion she shares with you guys in a very vulnerable way 
And I think you'll like this because Britt has some little nuggets of inspiration throughout and make sure you stay to the end because her definition of show your scars will give you chills. I want to introduce to you guys my good friend, Brittany Bach. All right, Britt, this is so fun. Man, we have been friends for years and to get the chance to sit down with you and in person, like I think being in person allows us to like feel each other's uh, pain and mm -hmm. what we've gone through. And so I'm really excited to sit here with you. I know we've talked about this a lot, but I want to share your journey because it is a special one. And I mm -hmm. think it's always right to start from the beginning like yeah. who's Brittany Bach growing up in uh, Illinois like what was that yes. like were you super into sports or where did you really start to figure out like what your passions were so I was just this competitive little girl that wanted to play every sport imaginable mm -hmm. I wanted to compete with everyone and with myself, you know, if it was by myself, it was computer games. I mean, it was bad. It was like playing, <laughs> um, but any sport that I could play, I would play. And so my parents was awesome. I have an older sister, younger brother. And yeah, middle child. Yeah, the best. <laughs> um, but they, they put us into every sport. And I played soccer and basketball and volleyball. And as I grew up and played with boys, and I just wanted to play. I played t-ball. And I wanted to play football. I wanted to play everything. And even to the point where, but soccer, you know, as, as you start to, yeah. to play your sport, I was on a really good team. We traveled a lot. And I remember even in middle school, I played volleyball. Ooh. And, you know, there's that perfect angle when the ball's coming where you can't bump it, yeah. but you can't really legally set. So there's like that special move that you do. Sure. Never got it right. Well, I just naturally hit it. So there were several times when I was just – Heading balls, and I'm like, all right. Is probably that legal? Sorry, yeah. I don't, know. Oh, okay. well, I don't know if it still is, yeah. but um, if any of you know that, I mean, heading. Yeah. <laughs> but I have more control with my head than my hands or feet sometimes. Yeah. So, But, yeah, any sport I just loved. And soccer, you saw. Eight, yeah. eight years old, you saw as a kid. You know, basketball was a huge one too, but how it progressed and natural tendencies. Mm -hmm. why, why soccer? What was it? Like, explain that what drew you into it and maybe what that feeling of like having a passion was like at first yeah um well for one <laughs> I don't really have the best memory of my childhood that's okay uh, I remember what people share with me and I do have memories but I think for one being on a team that you just felt loved and supported and a great group of girls and coaches and did things together um, so I started out playing up a year with my sister, but at age eight, played for the Pink Panthers. Ooh, good name. Awesome mascot, soccer ball shorts. And we all had nicknames. Okay. And so... What was yours? Bubbles. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So they asked me, what kind of... What's your nickname? You got to come with a nickname. And I'm like, I don't know, Shooting Star? And they're like, no, that's lame. And I'm like, and that was the team I played for, Shooting Star. And I was like, well... Um, I go, well, when I was a baby, I'd, you know how babies like, yeah. so I'd blow little spit bubbles. So my dad called me Bubbles okay. when I was a baby. Okay. I was like, how about Bubbles? And they're like, yes. I just think that's sh so funny that shooting stars, star is lame, but Bubbles isn't whoa, lame. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It got to the point where I kid you not, 
people did not know my real name oh, wow. and called me Bubbles till I was 14, 15. And when I went to a new team, Windy City Pride, they're like, one thing's got to go. Bubbles is done. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, that's, that's amazing. Funny. So it was really like a community and feeling like you belonged in something. So would you say that that feeling was like your big the thing that you – latched onto most with soccer was there someone that like inspired you that you looked up to when you were growing up that um, played soccer I think to my idols growing up were from Chicago Michael Jordan oh, Walter Payton mm-hmm. like Frank Thomas so like they were all guys for the most part I like Michelle Akers and so but it really was these these Chicago sports yeah um, and I just love to compete but with soccer I think to the environment my coach Hudson Fortune is from Brazil Okay. Uh, they had three daughters, so the oldest daughter, Ariel, he was the coach of each of his daughters, and he just, Joga Bonito, it was the beautiful game. Yeah. And you fall in love with soccer, and you just fall in love, and it's like this dance, even though I was the most rigid player, he's like, you got to have some movement, and I feel like mm-hmm. I was just so tight and rigid, but I just, I fell in love with the game, mm-hmm. I love to compete. Um, and again, if I could play every sport, I would have played every sport. But it was, I think, that team environment and with the coaches and the teammates, what just made me fall in love even more with the beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Are there any memories from youth soccer, and that's all the way up to college, that stick out the most where um, you felt maybe like the most you? I think that's one of the things about sports, right, is it makes you feel like your fullest self at times Yeah. because you get to express yourself on a creative standpoint when you're playing the game. So any moments where you're like, man, that was something I'll always remember. What I loved about soccer, I don't know. I, In any sport, being aggressive, I mean, my strength was my strength. And so in any sport that I could play. But with soccer – it was something about heading and actually going back to Hudson when I was eight years old and I love this because it stuck with me ever since and ultimately propelled me to be at the highest level but he said pick one thing be good at a lot of things but pick one thing and become the best at it and for me it was heading Hmm. and I was and I and I know that that's a part of the game it's not you know all these tricksters on the feet I was never really really good with my feet but I was good but the heading and there's just moments that when I'm playing and and there was a moment in my career I was at a youth national team camp yeah with regional teams okay and we had classroom sessions and we had soccer and you know you think oh I remember all that we had games we had practices but I remember this classroom session and at the time I didn't remember so this is how I share it but it was about setting goals and how this runner, who at the time I, I didn't pay attention to the name. It was the, it was the fact that he had this goal to run a mile in less than four minutes. Right. So he puts that time, 3.57, and he writes it, and he puts it above, and, and he looks at it every morning, and then every night it's the last thing he sees. So for me, I had the U.S. Women's National Team, I think the Atlanta Olympics? or the, mm-hmm. uh, the, yeah, yeah, 1996, the Olympics. Yeah, they Atlanta. had their gold medals, and yeah. I had a poster of that. Yeah. And I ripped off a cardboard box, wrote national team, and then the little glow in the dark, little stars. Yes. Okay, put those all on there and stuck that above my bed. And it was like so that when my lights went off, I had like burning national team. 
that was on it and so that was like a huge point in in my career Mm -hmm. yes like the playing and I just loved to play and complete and and tackle cleanly and I just yeah that part of it was like so fun it's really interesting that you would mention that because we'll get into this later but like what you're doing now is helping people realize really how their life is setting them up to do things later in life right Mm -hmm. every day is just um one step farther into like what you're maybe really supposed to be doing so um interesting that you picked that moment out of all of them it's really cool okay now let's let's skip ahead let's go to you went to Notre Dame for college and growing up in Illinois um being of the Catholic faith what like was that always a dream no in fact this (laughs) is funny in fact so growing up it was UNC Boo. (laughs) Just kidding. It was UNC. It was North Carolina. I wanted to go to college for soccer to win four national championships to, you know, that was my dream. That was my goal. So it was always UNC. And I look back in pictures, and I don't even remember knowing about Notre Dame, to be honest. But I'm wearing a Notre Dame sweatshirt younger than when I ever knew of them. Apparently, my sister wanted to go there, and I was like, I had no idea. So it wasn't until, I can't tell you, whatever, when you start getting recruited. Yeah. High school. Sophomore, junior year. Yeah. It was later when we were playing. Yeah. So, um, and I start getting recruited from all these schools, and and truly, it was like, oh, is UNC? And then Notre Dame comes, and he's, I don't know, he was just very personable and sharing all this stuff. Both coaches were writing me and all this stuff in Notre Dame. You talk about, I, this is funny. I'm working on my language of not saying this, but have a hard time making decisions. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm younger, like the choice of going to after dinner and there's like, oh, you can take a lollipop for your dessert. Which one am I gonna choose? Couldn't do it. They're like, oh, Britt can't even pick a lollipop out. And so with that, college is a huge decision. Wow. And so they say, when you know, you know, it'll be right. And I just remember going on the visits, and it was between pretty much North Carolina and Notre Dame. And Santa Clara was actually my third choice, Jordan. She missed out, you guys. And and I you step foot on campus, and you want the full picture. Soccer is why I'm going. But my, first of all, coming out with a great education, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame. I mean, I I got a degree in the business school of Notre Dame. Awesome. Home games were two hours from my house. That was important to me. Of course, soccer, I was like four-time national champion goals, right? Yeah. And then my faith, it was, it is something so special. Like, that was a calling that I just, I desired to grow in. And that's a whole nother story about the growth in my faith. Mm -hmm. But um, I stepped foot on campus, and it just felt so special so right Mm -hmm. and even after I mean we lost in the elite eight lost two to one in the finals to North Carolina lost in the semis my junior year and senior year undefeated lost two to one again to North Carolina and never once did I have that feeling of regret which Mm. to me is amazing for me changing because it was just such a special place the teammates the coaches the growth the school the, just the Golden Dome, the Basilica, the Grotto. It is such a special place. When I go back, I'm like, I am so grateful yeah. for the opportunity to play at the University of Notre Dame. So That's really cool. And 
I just feel like things happen for a reason. And, um, you know, I think as athletes, we put this, like, real precedence on winning titles and being the best. And I'm not saying don't strive for that. I'm absolutely not saying that. But I, I think it's in those moments in between where you really find out what really matters and what you're grateful for. And it's the people that you're with. It's the... Um, places that you get to experience and it, it you've really you really found that at Notre Dame and um, when you were there we actually met each other and we got to play with each other on the under 20 women's national More team <laughs> and that was a real you know you talk about the heartbreaks that you had at in Notre Dame and losing uh, when you were so close so many times when we played for the under-20 national team. I'm curious what your standpoint of this is, because for me, uh, we had the best team I can think of. Uh, So a lot of those women are playing for the full women's Mm -hmm. national team now. And our team got along better than any team I Mm -hmm. ever have played with. We understood each other, we played for each other, and we lost in a very heartbreaking way in in the semifinal and then also in the third, fourth place game. And I was ruined, Britt. Like, I was ruined. And that next year, it was my junior year, I believe it was your sophomore, sophomore year. Um, what was that like for you to try to, you know, I think this is a good lesson because when we talk about injuries and injury recovery, it's really the same thing of, like, devastation and, like, feeling like you earn, like you earned something and you don't get it. How was that season for you? I don't know if you remember, but, I mean, we – went to PKs for that semis, you remember that, but I was the fish shooter. Like, I had it won, and up until that point, my confidence, like, I was just, like, not overly confident, but I remember when I was young, taking a PK, Mm -hmm. my coach was like, just pick a spot and shoot it there. So easy enough. Right. There was, like, a shootout, and I scored, and we won, and my mom's like, oh, what was it? I was like, yeah, coach said, pick a spot and shoot it there. And I did. And it was like easy, yeah. right? <laughs> and I, I hit the post. Wow. I do not. I, I, I've never, I didn't even think about asking this question. And I didn't, I didn't remember no, that. I was the fifth shooter. Had I scored, we would have won. Their sixth shooter goes on and makes it. And you guys may know of this name, Lauren Janey, Lauren Holiday then was the six shooter and look at where she's at mm-hmm. look at what she's accomplished so for me and she missed as well and she missed as well so I look at that moment mm-hmm. and I was devastated ask Carrie do yeah ask Carrie do I would go back after that loss and I'd stay after and shoot PKs and be she was probably almost laughing at me at how frustrated I was getting because I'd go shoot and I would just continue because it scarred me big time. In yeah. fact, randomly, I don't know, I was looking for a picture, and I found a picture of me. I look devastated. I'll show you it after this. Yeah. I look just, it was so painful. And to look at that, that is a moment in my career, sophomore year in college, and to go on to see where I would have, if I would have let that moment define me. Yeah. If I, if I, and in our whole team, because I was just like, I felt I let the entire team down. I mean, in that moment, I did. And, uh, you know, and there's moments along the game that we could have. But in that moment and moving forward, if I mentally, 
I could have let that destroy my career and be like, I failed and I can't move forward from this. Now it messed me up in PKs for a bit mentally. Yeah. So that's something I had to grow through. Um, but in that, had I not done that, I wouldn't have gone on and had the college career mm-hmm. that I had with our team. I would not have been in the pros or if I would have, maybe not to the level that I would have or gotten in, gotten into the national team. So that, is a huge point that I look back on and want to encourage people in yeah. that you can your your career is not defined by a moment and it's not even it's not who you are your identity is not in that it's how you grow out of it and that's why we rejoice in our suffering whether that's pain physically mentally emotionally because it produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and that's what keeps us going so what did you, how did you grow out of that? In that, I mean, it's funny, Carrie. What did you do and how did you grow? Yeah, so getting back out there and working on those PKs, knowing in a game, could miss again. And it, it mentally messed me up for a bit in that. But with training, it's like not every game is going to come down to a PK. So I just trained my butt off and fell in love, fell in love with the process. You fall in love with the process, which I love, which you've created with the process for the ACL club. Um, but I thoroughly loved training. Mm-hmm. I loved to compete. And what was the beauty about the team that we were on in Tim Schultz creating intense practices, like intense, he probably was the scariest like kick- person, <laughs> two-footing. C- and kicking people out of training if they were slacking off yeah like see ya get out of here but then when we were (laughs) off the field I mean you look at this going to all these countries Mm -hmm. like what a blessing to travel the world but we'd be in Brazil and we would visit orphanages Mm -hmm. we'd go to the rainforest and have some (laughs) adventures there and but it wasn't about like you train hard when you're doing it and then you live life and, and you put just as much effort into other places of your life and that to me was more than just the game and you love the game, you respect the game. And so training, though, getting back to that, you play intense. Now, probably, you know, the way I play, like maybe I could have gotten a little less injured if I wouldn't have given 100% all the time um, and just been smarter, I should say, not less than 100%, but just been smarter with my play. But I, I love training. Like I love to compete. It was one of the biggest joys in my life is to compete. So do you feel like you just focused on the things that you can control and you, how'd you let that go? Like, how did you, did you have something that you would remind yourself of or was that verse something that you immediately came to you? That verse didn't come till later. Um, I think my goals were on national team still. So even in college, my goal was national team. Mm-hmm. Even in the pros, my goal was national team. And I didn't bypass it because I know that those are the stepping stones that are going to get me there. But I was just like, this is, this is where I'm going. I mean, I did not – I, the way I trained and even off the field, I wish I would have got more sleep. Like, that's something that I'm still – and I look at injuries in that sense mm-hmm. is how important sleep is. Yeah, sleep but, like, people. I didn't drink in college I didn't have a sip of alcohol not a sip until I was 27 years old because to me I wanted 
to be at the highest level and I didn't want anything to get in my way. And so it was a mentality outside just the sport of training. Yeah. And, and now as a massage therapist, looking back at my career, I'm like, man, I wish there were moments when I scaled back and focused more on recovery instead of go, 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 go. But I mean, it served me well to get me right. where I got. So yeah, yeah. that's, um, and you did, you, you made it very far and you get drafted into the first year of WPS. Yeah. Were you there on draft day or were you at your house? Talk about that because not a lot of people in their life get to be drafted. What a cool thing to happen to you. Jordan, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you either. I, so every year, mom and I, with all America stuff, we'd, we'd go to the award for okay. the All-American Youth Soccer. And this particular trip, mom, the jewelry company, she's been doing, I've been doing it since I was 22, but she, so talk about where I get my drive, yeah. my passion, <laughs> my never give up, that spirit of just like tenacity. failure is not an option. Well, my mom is getting an award for like number four in the entire company in the country for sponsoring mm -hmm. in this. And so she's there. Who would normally... Who was at the same place? No, 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 no. Sorry, oh. sorry. She's in Texas. Oh, okay. With Premier. And so she's like this boss lady uh, in that. And dad had work and, and all this. So I don't even remember. I have a horrible memory. Uh, I think it was my... Rival high school, <laughs> Julie, rival high school coach yeah. was at the draft. So anyways, but I'm sitting there. And so up into this. You went, you were there. Oh, sorry. Yes. It okay. was in, goodness, Google it. Cause I don't remember, yeah. uh, Kansas city or something like that. So I go to the draft and up until this point, like I am training. It's my second semester, senior year. Yeah. Again, not drink. I was training and focused and, and, uh, Go to the draft. You knew that it didn't depend on the draft. Like, you were going to play no matter what. Yes. Um, and I was kind of asking around, like, is my name being thrown around? I think a couple coaches, and I can't even tell you which ones. I don't remember who had kind of reached out to see interest in coming to certain stuff. Um, and I was playing on the U21 national team at the time, so everyone that buzzed was mm -hmm. around, all of that. And uh, so I show up, sitting in the front row with teammates that I played with and college and U20 national team and front row and so we knew the players that were going to go one number two you know it was just known or at least talked about it a lot yeah I never really heard my name thrown around or get, again I'm not like searching to go hear it but um sitting there in the first round first pick second pick third pick and fourth pick and then on the clock LA Souls on the clock and all of a sudden this gentleman comes and kneels down in front of us and he's like Brittany hey it's Charlie Nemo here with Los Angeles Soul I just want to let you know we're picking you up next and I was like okay I just got chills Me too. and uh, I go okay and I have that look like <laughs> and then he gets up and walks away and I like look and I go what did he just say <laughs> because I wasn't expecting it but in my heart I wanted it so bad Jordy because I trained for it and you have that belief yeah like I wanted someone to believe in me and I believed in it but but then to have that feeling I was like whoa and oh gosh I I had to go up and like they gave me the shirt and took pictures and went to go speak and, and I just was like 
what in the heck did I just say? Because <laughs> I was shocked. I'm like, I was not expecting that. I wanted it, but yeah. I, I truly wasn't prepared. You weren't one of those people. I wasn't expecting this. Let me pull this long list out <laughs> yeah. of my shoulder. I truly pocket. was not. And I just, I just remember like, yeah, I watched not a ton, but a little bit of the draft or uh, Kayla Sharples uh, get picked up by the Red Stars. It's yeah. like my, my sister-in-law cousin. I, I'm like, what? And I'm like, man, she talked with poise and yeah. sounded good. And, and I'm like, what did I just say? But I remember sitting back down and then there was the break after the first round maybe I don't remember exactly that and I call my dad he's the first one I call I mean he he could have gone pro for baseball his line of injuries call my dad and I'm like dad my dad I just got picked up he's like that's amazing honey where and I was like dad it was the first round it was fifth overall I'm going to LA and I just you could hear the emotion mm-hmm. and I and like my dad's an emotional guy why do you think I'm so emotional yeah. but he is like he is my rock he played at that level mm-hmm. and could have been pro but had injuries and like to see his daughter and just like how proud and when I got to talk to my mom after she's like boss lady up over here just like the joy and how proud because they knew how bad I wanted it and for that moment mm-hmm. of like first round yeah. into the pros the year you graduate, it was like it was surreal. Yeah. It was a, it's a moment I'll never forget, mm-hmm. and it was a it was so special. Yeah. Did he say good job, Bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> good job, Bubs. There are people to this day that still call me Bubs. So uh, wait, uh, oh, that's a whole other story. Uh, we can't get off on tangents, <laughs> B. Um, well, it was a pretty good year too to be drafted to the Soul, one and done. They went in with a bang, and you guys ended the season with a bang. Well, sort of. We won the league. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. For the championship. I know. Did not. Oh, you didn't. Sky blue. No one remembers it because we – Oh, I thought you we got a, We got a red card. We won the league. But oh. we got a red card and lost one to zero or something on a Heather O'Reilly goal. I think she's who scored. I think. But that was surreal. Yeah. Getting getting drafted to LA and at that time Hudson, my club coach from when I was my youth, was Brazil. He talked about Marta, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm like, "What? She's my teammate." Yeah. And then I'm her roommate one time. And I didn't think she spoke a lot of English, and all of a sudden she's like, "I'm like, yeah. what?" So that was fun. Played in Home Depot Center. Kobe Bryant flew in on a helicopter in preseason. And I'm like, "Hi." Like, amazing. You're in L.A. Yeah. Dodgers games and all this kind of stuff. So that was amazing. Uh, host family in Malibu. Amazing family. I still talk to them today. I love them. Um, so, but but playing, and I don't know how much you want to go into this, so, but getting drafted, mm-hmm. you're a rookie, but you've got all these amazing soccer players who are in the league. And it's new for everyone for that year, but um, I played forward my last two and a half years of college, center mid, forward. That's my position. And I wanted to play. I mean, I was training. I remember Manya Makowski and I with running and and uh, and. But the midfield, where I really wanted to play, okay, we got Shannon Box, we got Allie Wagner, we got Camille Avely. 
French national team captain and uh, Ayamiyama. Yeah. Holy moly. Like, we were, I'm like, midfield? Okay. And then forward, Marta and all this. And so I was just like, I really want to play. And where I'm training is midfield and forward. About four days before opening game, mm -hmm. they come to me and they're like, hey, Britt, so what do you think about center back? And in my head, I'm like, what do I think about center back? I don't want to play center yeah. back. Like, I'm like, I want to be attacking. I want to yeah. be in there. And, uh, like, what a blessing that was because ultimately that first game, if we had more time, I'd go into the detail of the moment of the center back opening game, 15,000 people, surreal. First opponents, Abby Wambach and Lisa Devana. Welcome to the pros. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. But our performance – and we ended up winning two to zero, and Pio was there, and I got called into the national team. So it was like, welcome to the pros. It was amazing. Do you remember the call when you did get called into the national team, or your first camp? First camp? Actually, no, it was at Wolf's Home Depot Center, I believe. Uh, I believe, that's horrible. I remember other camps, it's, 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 sadly, I remember ones when I got injured. Uh, <laughs> but, in there in the several camps that I was in just like this is this is amazing the environment stressful that you're competing with the best and I'm like this is where we get better this is where we get better and mm. and your career as a professional had some real good moments and it has some real tough challenging moments you had several injuries that hurt you over the years maybe talk about that and how that affected you mm -hmm. in your career mm -hmm. so it actually this is what's crazy drafted LA play the whole season like almost every minute of every game besides when I'm in with the national team at camps throughout the whole year but March preseason we're playing 1v1 end of a practice March I'm defending Marta. The next year? Or no, the first year? this first year. Yeah. Like drafted January, report late February, March. I step back on a 1v1, feel my foot snap. Pain shoots to it. I hide to the back of the line. I don't like to miss out on plays, but I was like, what the heck just happened? That was March. Then we play. Opening game, we do all that stuff. I tape my foot together because it hurts so bad, but I kept taping it. Then in, in May, we're in Toronto, the national team, and it was like the day before the game, and I get me and Abby go up for a header, and just how it was landed, it like scraped down the, my foot, couldn't put a shoe on for a week, uh, and then the ball of my other foot, the, the ball of it, I, I couldn't put pressure on it, so I was, so f entire season, my rookie season, I had excruciating pain. In both of your feet. In both of my foot. My left foot was my midfoot. My right foot was the ball of my foot. March, May, played the whole season. The final straw, I was with national team in Germany, crowd of probably 30,000 plus. I did not play because the practice right before the game, I'm clearing a ball. Ella, as we all, Ella Master, as we, or McLeod, as we know, just we kind of have that same personality of like no fear. We get into a tackle and my foot, boom. So, finally, October, November, I get it checked out. I snapped the ligament of my Liz Frank joint on my left foot. 
and it turned out that I had broke the sesamoid bone in my right foot. So essentially, I played my entire rookie season in with the national team, but you want it so bad, so it's like mind over matter, right? And so that, think about all the compensation. So following that season, uh, we're getting ready for 2010 season, and right after my second foot, because I had two different foot surgeries within a month and a half, get a call, LA folds. So then I'm like, who's gonna want me? I just had double foot surgery. Uh, luckily, Jim picked me up with the freedom, battled through that, got back and playing. Very challenging time. Mm -hmm. Again, moved across the country, new host family. Um, really some frustration in that. Then at the end of the season, because of what had happened back with the national team when I got stepped on, mm -hmm. um, and then my my uh, my foot was just having issues so I ended up having a surgery at the end of the season to clean things up and I kid you not out of surgery I have a voicemail hey it's Cheryl Bailey Brittany we are so excited to have you back in with the national team give me a call back when you get the chance we'll get you set up and I was coming out of surgery and I was like mom should I call him back you know like semi drugged up like what and so clearly worked my way back to get another shot at the national team and then in that off season recovering from that surgery I go on a trip with my bro mom and brother overseas and I get an email that the league is folded so I'm overseas now trying I'm like I've got to find a new team I've got to talk to coaches <laughs> amazing I'm in London I somehow get in contact with Emma Hayes mm -hmm. Rochester I mean, uh, Western New York yeah. is starting club. And so then that happens, and I get so thankful for that moment. Play on Western New York. Had a – they were so good about keeping me on the field. They knew when to scale me back. I'm mm -hmm. so thankful for that. I'm a very stubborn player. I just want to go. Yeah. And, like, sometimes – but scale me back. I played, again, almost every minute of every – and I was at center mid. I was like, yes, me – Becky Edwards, Caroline Sager. I was like, this is a fun group. I played more of a defensive role there. That was a fun year. I mean, we. I mean, our front line alone: Christine Sinclair, Alex Morgan, Alex Morgan, Marta, <laughs> McCall Zerboni. Like what? And, and then I can talk about our defense and, and, and Ashland and goal, and it's just like ridiculous. I, yeah, and so and then had an amazing. So I walked by your guys' jerseys every day at Salem Stadium. <laughs> like that. That was. And we competed, and in that in those moments, like feeling pretty healthy, there were moments of hurting, but it was awesome. And I remember being in the off season. I come to Colorado because my sister was living here. I was training in higher altitude. That's why I came here. And my sister was uh, it was like work in the morning, and it was it was like five in the five thirty in the morning that she was up, and I was like ah, I'm just gonna go work out now. I go crush a workout, pumped. I've got like three weeks before I report back for season before I get in and start my car or I started my car before I start driving checking my email just kind of doing that and I get an email and it's like we regret to inform you but the league has just folded and I'm like I just came off an amazing season it was a world cup year and I was like goals national team and I was just I just started bawling like are you kidding me I worked this hard 
and have a good season. And now, three weeks before season is going to fold. Oh, and by the way, you have one day to sign overseas before the deadline hits. Ugh. So the emotion of all of that, and I'm dating a guy that uh, that just you know, I'm so I decide to stay, and I stay in Colorado, and I'm training, and then I'm watching the world, or no, the Olympics, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing? I was playing with Colorado Rush, like stud team, Lindsay. Like it's like I was playing with studs. And I'm like, I got to get overseas. I make a couple calls. All of a sudden, three days later, I'm signed and on a flight to Sweden to go play. Mm-hmm. And then through that, and then two and a half weeks out, playing well, fit, blow my ankle out so bad. Mm. And I'm overseas, and I'm like, why, God, did you bring me out here? Yeah, for me to get injured. Why did you bring me out here to get me injured? And, and there's a long story in that and a beautiful story. But then Lee comes back. The league comes back the following year, you know, so I get a surgery because I literally couldn't, every time I tried to run, it would blow up. So get a reconstructive surgery. Now I have a bionic ankle. I think my body is bionic, but, <laughs> but I have this bionic ankle and it's been actually really great ever since. Uh, league comes back and I'm like, uh, sign in New Jersey. And there's a whole nother story I have about nutrition and how important mm. that is. But the year before, when I was playing semi-pro, I didn't really need... Well, this next year, back into the pros, first game, 10 minutes into the first game, I think we're playing in the flash. I'm playing for New Jersey at this time. Going for a tackle, hit my rib into point. I was like, that, I was like, pain. But, you know, adrenaline, so you keep playing. And then in the second half, end up going up with Abby. I get a concussion. I believe she gets a concussion that same game. Um, play the whole 90. Play the whole 90. The next, that night, did not feel myself. Turns out, get a concussion. Didn't know yet about my rib. Ends up, I end up breaking the rib. So I'm out for a month. Then I come back. I train. I'm getting ready. In a game, I'm over in Seattle. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. I'm trying to protect a broken rib that's recovering. It's pretty much recovered, but very painful mm-hmm. still. And I go to catch a fall and I break my wrist that's not just broken, like I actually need surgery. Like it's, it's like messed up to where I need a plate and screw. So then I go and get the surgery and then I'm on another two months and then I come back. And when people would play, they like balk the rock. Like, but a girl, I don't remember who it was, got pushed in and then just goes to protect herself. Just th- like an elbow, like, it, like we do to protect ourselves. I hit my, uh, up, like right by my heart. And I was like, I think I broke my rib. And they're like, Bach, you're fine. And then every time, like, when this happened, they're like, oh, Bach, we got to go to the hospital. I'm like, can you just put this back together? Yeah. I was like, I just want to play. And so it kept being like that. The following season, I was going to stop and give it a break and go visit my boyfriend at the time overseas mm-hmm. and take a break. But then Houston comes in an expansion team. And it's Randy Walden. It's my college coach. I'm like, yes, familiarity. Right. Like Maybe this is the break knew, that I need. Like, you know what? I'm going to step away. And then actually went through a very hard six-year breakup, which that mentally, emotionally can be with you. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play. Going to Houston. He forms his team around who he knows. Mm-hmm. And me being one of his uh, players at Notre Dame uh, has built a core group of girls and then building off of that. And I am running a minute 28 into the game and as you know and as we all know when it happens you know you remember it you don't forget it a minute 28 I 
stepped. I was running along. We were playing Portland Thorns. I stepped beside Allie Long. Like, we, we maybe bump shoulders or touch shoulders, but there's no really contact, and boom. And that moment, it slowed down time. Like, I, it felt the blades of grass and the, the dew on it. The crowd became, you know in the movie when it looks like, yeah. and it just slows down, and then you hear little things, and I hear myself breathing, and I'm like, did that just really happen? And I'm like, maybe I just hyperextended it. I'm talking in my head, and I'm like, but it doesn't hurt. And I'm going all these things. My season, legit season slash career, kind of flashes mm -hmm. before. And, and it was that moment that I was just like, then I went off the field. They tested me. They taped me up. And then uh, they're like, maybe you hyperextended it. We only have three subs in the pros. So then I go back out, and it buckles once. I go up for a header, buckles. Go in for a tackle, buckles. Seven, eight more times, it buckles. And it finally is to the point, no pain which I'm very thankful for um, in that moment. And I was like, get me out. And I, re I remember just feeling embarrassed. And then I went on and, well, I just remember feeling embarrassed. Why do you think you were embarrassed? Because for one, like, I think when you start to listen to, if Bach could just stay healthy, if Bach could just, you know, oh, yeah, you don't know, take a chance on her, but she could just stay healthy. And I wanted to be to everyone, like, do you think I'm trying to get hurt? Like, do you think I enjoy this? Like, the mental, emotional, I was drained, but I was like, fall down seven times, get up eight. You just keep going, and I wanted it so bad. And I'm like, these people, they don't, it's like comical in a way, but I was so embarrassed because it was like, a minute 28, what'd she even do? And I remember coming down the tunnel after halftime and I see a hand and my dad. And there's like seven, eight thousand people. And I see my hand and my, my dad at the end of the tunnel. And I just hug him. And there's actually a picture that someone grabbed of that. And he just hugged me and I was like, no tears yet into this point. I'm like, Dad, I was trying so hard. Because I just went out to try to keep playing. So I find no honey. And he's got his my head like kind of by his chest and he's just rubbing my back. I'm like, Dad, I'm so embarrassed. He's like, shh, no, no. I was like, Dad, I just, I wanted it so bad. He's like, I know. In that moment, it just like burned on my heart. The compassion is beyond the sport. It is beyond the sport. And, and so out of all my injuries, too, and then I, I went on, actually had another knee scope, and then ended up having a double hernia the following season with the flash after I, <laughs> flash, dash, dash, um, after I played however many, five, six games, so. And it's, I mean, I think we all have these feelings as an a as athletes is like if we get injured, we feel like we're failures and maybe that's where the embarrassment stems, stems from. But it's a really good reminder that like who we are is not, or we're not athletes. Like that's not what we base our, our worth on. And in those moments, like all you can do is try your hardest and like, you can't be embarrassed about trying your hardest, Britt. And I think everybody will say that. Like, that's not something you should be embarrassed of. If you didn't give it all, then mm -hmm. that's maybe mm -hmm. something that you have to say, question, like, was that something that I would have done naturally? Um, but you went through a lot, and nutrition is so key. You are right. And one of the reasons why I talk to so many people about nutrition, why I tell people to, you don't get enough no matter what you do. So Juice Plus is, like, my my... Mm -hmm 
real big, like biggest plug I ever have on anybody. Um, but this injury for you was the hardest out of anything that you had been through. Why was it the hardest? I think it just was like, first of all, I never in my mind thought I would tear my ACL. I'm like, okay, I have all these other injuries. Jordan does that. She's the skinny one over there without any <laughs> muscles. <laughs> I was like, come on, my legs are strong. Uh, Quadzilla, as they'd call me. Um, I think it was so hard because of the dream, the goals, the heartbreak through relationship, the moment in time that it happened. I was like, before it happened, I'm like, this is a fresh start, like, new year, and I was so ready, like, all right, God, and, and, and it happened, and, you know, my faith, and this journey of my faith in college, I had this desire to pray more, but it was hard, it was, it was, I had a lot of distractions, and all this stuff, and soccer was so big, and I desired, 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 but it was not until I kept getting injured that it was like his strength not mine I play for him his strength not mine and then the ACL happens and I was just like okay God you're gonna help me through this and it was like the idea like I got this but then what was so hard it is a long process and mentally like you can't just like I'm going to work really hard, and this is going to be back. Like, you don't know how your body's going to respond. And especially, I started to compare myself, which comparison is the thief of joy. And there is so much that I have learned, and there is so much that that going through this process of an ACL and being humbled in so many ways. But the hardest thing was, as I told you before, I love to compete. Like, being acrobatic in the air, um, winning head balls, like sacrificing my body. To, like I had so much fun and it was just like, I just remember in college, like just like you making a sick tackle. I loved, like I loved, I was not the most skilled. I wasn't the fastest, but like my strength was my strength and my passion in the heart in which I played is like that joy that I got out of playing. And the hardest part is when I came back a certain tackle I used to do, I could not do it. I could not jump the way I used to. My game was literally, like, taken away from me. And there are ways around it. And, 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 and this is where I mentor and coach people in athletes is, like, don't look at it as it. Don't look at it as why is this happening to me. And there's so much I want to share in that. But it's, like, how is this happening for me? Like, maybe there was a part of my game, like, focus on different parts of your game that you maybe didn't focus on as much because you used your strengths. And to use your strengths to get where you are, like, that is what got me where I was. But, but with that, I compared myself to my old self, and I compared myself to every other person that tore their ACL and came back because I was just like, they did it. Why? And I... I I was struggling. I was in a bad place, and I had friends and support of so many. But I let it get it. My, my career then became my identity was in those injuries, my identity. And I felt like 
well, I'm, I have to perform. And if I fail, if I lose, it's like I failed. And I've literally put that identity into and growing out of it. And the couple years out of soccer were the hardest. I mean, crying like 320 out of 365 days, crying for three years, Jordy. And you know this, like you've seen my pain, but it, 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 it was like, my identity was in soccer. And, and that is where my faith, my year, my word for the year this year is grace. Because everyone's like, you're too hard on yourself, which I was. Mm-hmm. You're too hard on yourself. And I'm like, well, I, these other players, they get back on the national team. They have injuries. They get back. And look, now they're, and they're like, their situation's different. Everyone's situation's different. But the comparison, just, I want people to just stop. I've done it. Yeah. So much, and and that was the hardest part, and the, and the the shame and embarrassment of my injuries, it was like that's not who you are, that's not your identity, and so then like, the transformation and the beauty of finding my true identity in Christ, like that. But seriously, the hardest part is because I was holding on to that identity and and the joy of playing. Like I resented soccer. I was bitter. I didn't want to watch it. I think I touched a soccer ball 20 times in three years, and some of it times was just juggling. I wanted to disappear. I was embarrassed. And this idea of humility and pride. And I was not a prideful player in the sense of, yeah. but this pride of, like, I'm an athlete, and I'm supposed to perform. And letting go of what anyone else thought of. And so, like, to me, I just want to help people through that pain finding purpose in the pain and it was so much more than you know the soccer and the sport but how'd you let go letting go it's it's it has been a continuous thing and to be honest it's just like this past year of really I mean there were there were years and the embarrassment and I wouldn't even want to go play soccer because of course I'm not gonna if I haven't trained of course I'm not gonna be the soccer player I was but I like the pride of being like I don't even want to play because I'm not even close to where I was. And then I started, you know, in that bad cycle of this hamster wheel, this hamster wheel. And actually it was just recently and, and, and growing through and helping and mentoring people. Every time I do that, I have been able to use my experiences and help them and, and to not do things that I did um, in how I respond. But it's this idea of like, I'm trying, I'm working. It's not about trying harder, working harder. I mean, you've got to work hard. You've got to, to get to whatever level that you're trying to get to. But it was this, like, being nice to my body. The recovery is key. It's everything. Enjoying the process. And there were little moments that I enjoyed it. But it wasn't like, to me, I call this, Jordy, the surrendered strength. Because trying so hard and my strength was my strength but I was trying too hard and who was I playing for and I it, this comparison and I was trying to but it was like when I realized like I I'm so I'm, worth it I'm worth it I'm perfect as yeah. I am and like that growth and like going through as much struggle in so many aspects as I did actually helped me like go through that process and find joy in the journey and look mm-hmm. back and celebrate all my successes and actually realize, wow, my career is not a failure, even though I didn't cap on the national team. Right. My career, like, look at where else. And when people remind, like, where 
I've been, what accomplishments I had, um, and realizing like, wow, I've, I've really accomplished a lot in my career, and 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 surrendering this, right. surrendering it. I have two questions about your career and stuff that you've said, and it just interests me, is when you talk about all these injuries, your faith comes through, and you have you keep saying like I know God put me here I know this is what God had for me this plan how do you keep the faith in those moments of like real struggle Mm -hmm. what did you lean on what did you like you you spoke about prayer or was there something was there a verse that every time you read it you were like I know God has something for me in this well the the one that I said before Romans 5 3-5 and uh, Proverbs 3, 50, 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Now, I picked that verse in 2005 that my brother, like, wood burned on a cross, which was amazing, but I, I think I Googled it at the time. I didn't even, like, read the Bible and just, like, growing in that and, like, leaning on that. And to be honest, nothing else like I didn't really drink like I didn't drink till I was 27 I didn't do drugs I did never done I I didn't get into some of these things that but instead I, I actually became almost overly obsessed and like frustrated but that's when I Christian music and friendship the music was like sometimes I did not know how to pray or my prayer was literally crying out to God, why? And it was just like, it's like those God winks when he's like, I'm walking with you. I'm right here. And there are, so, I'm going to write a book on it, on little moments where you talk about faith. It's not something you can see, but you feel it and you know, and they show up in the people in your lives and the mentors and T. Scott, uh, like little moments out of the blue would get a text in while I'm in prayer writing about T. Scott and people in my life that have helped me and he I get a text randomly a scripture verse and it was just like these moments that he's like I'm here I'm here and the nothing else helped it not nothing but like the music when you leaned on your own understanding or when your I, own when brain I, well, or what was going on in your mind, you never felt the settledness that you felt when and I was like, you were in faith and trust and leaning on God's strength. And crying out, like, he knows you're suffering more than anyone. And I, I think at times I was like, why would you put this desire in my heart if you weren't going to fulfill it? I was angry. Why would you put that desire in my heart? And it was like showing me like it is more than this. And I just, recently I started this 90 day, 98 day, just just like complete surrender. It's called Fiat 98 actually. And um, perhaps this was the moment for which you have been created. And I don't know the verse, I don't know what that, what, but like perhaps these struggles, perhaps all of this like was for me to show you soccer was not like your dream and desire like I gave you the passion in your heart but my biggest desire truly through I just want to help people I have a very compassionate heart and the more injured I got the more compassion I had on others and the more I wanted to help and it aches in my heart when people get hurt it aches in my heart because I know the pain 
and I want to help people. And so it was in that faith and in knowing, like, his son, like, literally freely gave up his life in pain, in the worst, who was sinless, and like, when you see that kind of love, when nothing else, when people let you down, because they will, everyone will, we're human, we sin, but like, that was one true thing, even if I couldn't hear him, he showed me little moments, and the more that I went to him, the more, and the more silent I got, it was like, be still and know that I am God. And I asked that question first before I asked this, because I felt like I luckily I know you and I know that you're like this was gonna gonna be pulled out of you that you talk about there's there's purpose in everything right and you said uh, when you were going through your injuries that you now mentor people to find the purpose and what they're going through so what's what's your purpose now what have you found that you are doing now or are working on fulfilling in the future because there's a couple things that you like to do Britt and you're using what you've learned in your life in order to fulfill that Mm -hmm. and so you know for a bit super passionate intense and I'm like that passion intense actually destroyed my career because and I had this mindset and I was angry and I was bitter and I was like being all that if I just wouldn't didn't go so hard I wouldn't have gotten hurt but it's like channel that whatever it is, whatever, mm-hmm. it's like channel that passion and that into people. Yeah. And so with massage therapy, I know the pain, I know the aching, but I also, you have to walk the walk, you can't just talk the talk. So for me, I'm like, I hurt so much every day, I feel like I'm 70 years old, I wake up and I'm like, ugh, like once soccer ended, why couldn't my pain just end too? Couldn't that chapter of my life just go? We're done with you. Yeah, <laughs> like soccer's done, so all my pain should go away too. But the concussions, the, the the trauma in my head, which I actually spoke with Abby about it, just like, man, trauma, it's like a lot of headers. And it's like, through massage was a way that I could, and I actually went to massage school. I loved massaging, and some of my teammates would know that because they're like, fuck, give me a massage. But I, I was seeking to find relief in my body because I still have knee pain I still have all some pain in areas. And so I was seeking to find recovery in my body, which led me down the road of massage, and I love helping people. But more than ever, that when, when you had the ACL club, I'm part of that club. And there's a lot of other injuries. But mentally, physically, emotionally, like I've been through on so many accounts, knock down seven times, get up eight. I want to help people... I mentor people through programs, through groups or individuals. And I'm just there. I listen. What, do you, what are you looking for? What do you want to get out of this? What are your dreams? What are your goals? I help them dream again. I help them whatever age they may be. And just like finding that passion and, and, and purpose in, in their why. What is driving you? Because if there's certain things that are driving you, it, 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 it may not lead you to what you're truly passionate about. And, and I love to speak and share and I get very passionate you know but I'm also and, and intense you watch me play it's like looks like I was gonna go destroy someone they called me the enforcer mm-hmm. in Houston um, but there is this compassion and this soft heart and this understanding because I know I've been through there I've been through loss I've been through injury I've been through defeat I've been through 
all of this. I chased after a dream as hard as I could, and I fell up short. Yeah. And that did not mean that my life, that my career, everything was a failure, is, is helping people realize that they keep going. You keep going. You find the strength. You find new passions, and you keep going, and then you inspire others. You said you help people find their why. What is your why? My why? <laughs> truly is just when you find your true worth when you know that it's not to impress anyone I wanted to be the best soccer player I wanted to be the first woman in the MLS I was like Ooh, heck yeah that was like when I was younger but you like, guys hear that you're in preseason you guys need anybody <laughs> Brittany Bach here like I I truly was like but, but when I discovered through the pain, through the defeat, through all of that, like, there is hope. And, and, and you can get caught up in the world, and you can get caught up in impressing or comparing and trying to reach, but, like, if you are not playing for the right reasons, like, for me, it is just my why is that I want to be in heaven. Like, like truly, like, I want to live my life to the best that I can, and I want to give glory to God because to me there's nothing higher like nothing else mm -hmm. at the end of the day this life is amazing it's beautiful it's hard there's suffering but like for me my why is I just want to help people be their best because why give anything less than their best I love that B you're going to do a lot of great things and you know I have seen you go through everything you know I've seen you hit your highest highs I've seen you hit some pretty low lows and we've been there three with each other yeah. through it all and I just have to say as a friend it has been really encouraging seeing you work through things that not a lot of people would you know a lot of people would quit and say oh this life is fine but like you don't you don't settle with fine you challenge yourself to be your best and it is hard and you do have to give yourself grace but I think by trying to be your best you have you will and you have figured out things to let go and you have found strength in sharing your story right uh, share your strength as we say with show your scars in the ACL club um, so continue to do that and you're going to continue to affect uh, positively a lot of lives and I want to say one more thing about, like, my why. You know, I am a goofball. I am sensitive. I am intense. I feel like I'm in, like, 17 different directions. But living authentically, live authentically. Be you. You hear? Be you because you can't be anyone else. Like, I want people to live their rawest version and be real with yourself because that is the only way that we are truly living. I love that. That's amazing. One last thing before I let you go. We, this podcast is called Show Your Scars, and you have how many scars from uh, all your surgeries? 11, -ish, 10, 9, I don't know, because I had several <laughs> surgeries on. <laughs> count, count all your scars. What does Show Your Scars mean to you? Um, man, first of all, when I was younger, I loved scars. I, I, I thought they were the coolest thing. It was like your battle scars, but truly, when physically looking at scars you see the struggle you see the pain and you realize 
that you are stronger because of it and this didn't tear you down and a scar is like that battle scar is like a badge of honor in a sense and not honor and pride but knowing like I got through that and and it's encouraging when you look at that to see how far you've come I've heard a lot of answers on that and I really like that one (laughs) be really good uh Thank you for your time. I loved sitting face to face with you. It's been great. I love you. I love what you're doing. And I love the passion that you bring. And uh, truly, you want to help all these people that have gone through this injury that you've gone through so many times. So I love you. And thank you for having me on. Britt had so many awesome things to say. And I hope there is something that you can take out of that. You know, write it on a piece of paper. Put it on your mirror, wherever you need it, to see it every single day and to inspire you that what happens to you is happening for you and not against you. That when it happens for you, you can use it in a positive way and start to find the growth. So that mental shift can really help and a lot of the things that Britt said were just about that. We wanna thank Brittany for her time. I wanna thank you guys for listening. This is a place where I hope you feel like you can connect with the guests that you are just like any one of them whether they are uh, a physical therapist and talking about the, the parts of the ACL rehab or rehab in general that are really difficult to professional athletes to everyday athletes that you find we're all the same we all have a story to tell and it's going to be a little bit different but the commonalities are where we find strength in sharing our story where we find strength in hearing other people's stories. So thank you guys for your ears. Make sure, again, you go and review us on iTunes. We're on Spotify now, too, so you can review us there. We will be checking the podcast reviews. Rate and review us and take a screenshot. Tag at Show Your Scars podcast in your Instagram stories of your screenshot. Or just DM it to us and... We are going to pick one person a week to be on the podcast to read their review, and then they in turn will not only get featured, but they will be getting a free Show Your Scars refocus band from us. A lot of cool things happening, but uh, I hope the coolest thing is that you're feeling inspired and ready to go out there and live your journey to the fullest. One way you do that is to go out there and show your scars with pride. We'll talk to you guys next week.